You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're going to talk about 48 Hours. You have no trouble. Me, Fifth Element. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, yes. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Dead fire and brimstone coming down from the skies. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. That's hysteria. the podcast. We're your host. I'm Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, Mr. Jared Callen. How you doing, Brian? Oh, wonderful as always, sir. And for the first time, Justin Talley. All right, man. So good to be here. What's up, Justin? Doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm good, man. <laughs> I haven't casted a pod with you in oh, God. probably five five or ten oh. years. I don't know. It feels like a long time. Yeah. Oh, you guys are uh, podcasting uh, co-hosts, guys from a different world? Mm. Bro, Justin and I started a podcast network before podcasts were cool. Oh, yeah. Before they were cool? 2008. September 2008. Oh, wow. That was so, a while ago. And was it 2008? I think it was 2008. Oh, anyway, yeah. yeah for sure. Long time ago. Yeah, we did that for a many number of years, and we did it before it was cool, and while it was while cool, it was cool. <laughs> and, <laughs> and after it was cool, too. <laughs> hmm. uh, but it's, yeah, man. It's good to All see the stages face of coolness. Again. Yeah, dude. It's, uh, everything's flooding back to me, you know. Yeah, man. Whoa. The good old days. Uh, I have warned my, my fiance Megan to against watching or listening to them rather. Oh the older stuff? I haven't listened to that in a long time and if, if you if you go to iTunes and you look up the Shut Up and Listen podcast network it's still there except for the first probably about the first thirty episodes are not there, but uh, from there on so probably the worst isn't there. But uh, but we used to do these really crazy five hour pack podcasts. Oh my god, why? Yeah. What what Five five hours? We, that, that we, we would play a song. The original concept was we, we would play a song and then we would talk about mm. it. And then we would play a song and we'd talk about it. For five so, hours? You know, for, no, 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 no. Uh, it, it would probably be for an hour and a half to two hours. And then with all the music, it, it pushes it out. To, oh, okay. So this is several songs. Like you guys are like sitting down talking about a whole album. Uh, well, if we had six people in a room, everybody, everybody would bring a song. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing back then. Brian. Well, no, I didn't know how deep the dive you were going into. Like, All right, we're going to talk five hours for this one. Uh, you know, this instrument, I really enjoy. 
But yeah, so that so the original podcast was called the Forty Eight Hour Podcast, and uh, we would uh, <laughs> we would podcast for forty eight hours straight, just listening to nothing but the great tunes from the eighties. Oh God, no! We did have some <laughs> guests on that would bring in some real bullshit sometimes. That's true. That's true. But it, it evolved away from music and then went into standard uh, bullshitting podcast uh, and then interview style and then, you know, I don't know. But, yeah, anyways, we're, we're droning on when we should be talking about 48 Hours. <laughs> sure first felt Eddie like Murphy. This is the first Eddie Murphy movie, bro. Yeah. Whoa, oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, but The first man. one we've covered, too. Hmm. So we no started way, really? Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't think we've ever done a so Eddie from, Murphy from, from, film. So from now on? We got to go in order with Eddie Murphy movies. So if we really wanted to talk about, uh, what was that, Bowfinger? Is that the one? Oh man, that would take forever. <laughs> we, we, it would take a really long time for us to get there. Uh, what episode <laughs> number is this, Brian? Uh, I think it's two fourteen. I think. Okay, so for every two hundred and fourteen episodes, we do an Eddie Murphy movie. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then we have to do them in chronological order. So to get to, <laughs> to get to uh, my name is Dolomite. It's going to take us about 40 years. Yeah, I'll see you at uh, 97. 40, oh, hi, 40 hi, years. years you just made this a generational <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh, no. This podcast will never end, bro. Uh, we have to, Your like, progeny you know, like, will our, have our, to carry on the deeds. That's true. That's true. And eventually we'll have to bring our kids in, and we'll have, they'll have to listen back to the back catalog to get the entire – so they can tell the, the, you know, the inside jokes that only people who have really been listening for the past 12 years they can really understand. Sounds like a great way to make some quick money. <laughs> no, some kids are gonna look at us and be like, "What? We're not doing that." I just can't wait to O'Brien until your kids are uh, of age that where they start talking about your podcast in school, uh, about this podcast in their schools, and then it gets pushed around, and then uh, you know it gets really popular in the school, and all the kids are like, "Oh man, what? Your, your, your dad does that really cool podcast, dude." Then, like, I'm a dad. Your, I'm they, like, they give your kids like high fives and shit. No, I'm like boring. You know, they're, they're like, "Oh, that's your dad's pod. Oh, that must be lame." <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, you got to be rebellious when you're a teenager. Anyways. Speaking of teenagers. Guys, the most incredible thing about this film, yes. bringing it back around, Eddie Murphy was 21 fucking years old when he made this. <laughs> really? That's insane to me. Like, he's that good. He looks older than that. 21. Oh, yeah. His 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 thing was completely established already. The, the Eddie Murphyisms. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I, I heard he that. La- I don't know. He didn't laugh like that. He didn't laugh like that in no. this. No, he's, he's got two. He's got two. Did he? Yeah, yeah. There's a moment when he's uh, he's in the car. Uh, it's it's, when the, it's at, in one of the night scenes. Uh, the neon's behind him. I remember. And he he does the smile, and he does it I know again. He does a smile. I'm talking about. The <laughs> he does the <laughs> <laughs> kind of at the end, doesn't he? I don't think so. I, I could have sworn I heard it once, man. If you heard it, email us at. <laughs> yeah, give us I could have sworn I heard the Eddie Murphy laugh. <laughs> I, don't know, I'm gonna go I didn't write the tongue. I did not. I did not not hear the signature laugh, as it were. I think I would have written it down in my notes, really. I'd have been like, holy shit, there it is! Uh, There were a couple of really (laughs) great uh, jokes that he nailed. Uh, Some slams. What did he say one time? He said, the the generosity of the female gender never ceases to amaze me. When he finds out that Nick Nolte has a girlfriend. (laughs) Just perfect, perfect delivery. It was pretty laid back in this. Uh, I just rewatched Beverly Hills Cop because we did In the Heat of the Night. I was surprised how reserved Eddie Murphy is in this film. I mean, he's got he's got moments, right, where he comes out and he's yeah yeah he's on fire, and you're like, oh, that's definitely fucking Eddie Murphy. But there's some moments where he's kind of reserved, and e- even his jokes are a little, I don't know, he's he's not delivering them very slapsticky and what he's known for later. Um, it's not over the top. Yeah, it's not. 
it's just sincerely like you know it's just like it's like he would say it you know instead of trying to create I think Axel Foley became a character uh, yeah. of itself you know uh, but uh, you know in this you know he's just playing it how he would you know instead of trying to create Axel Foley and now that you say that it does feel more like uh, stand up Eddie Murphy just in presence you know a lot of the time but especially the cursing a- there's a lot of language in this movie also, yeah, there's a there whole lot of Tasha Yar. Oh, there is some there's Tasha, a Yar in this movie. Tasha Yar in this movie. Yeah, man. Tasha Yar with a baseball bat. Yeah, I like that. This is And before she was Tasha Yar. Oh, this, this is, is like before. OG Tasha. Right. Holy crap. Yeah, this is 1982, bro. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. You know, this was probably the reason why she quit Star Trek The Next Generation, because she was like, you know, I did that one really good movie. And, uh, you know, I think I could do more of those. So have a big giant black sludge monster kill me, please. please. I'd like to die. I'd love it. That's hilarious. You guys went next generation. I was like, oh yeah, look, it's the mom from uh, Pet Cemetery. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Obviously. Oh no no no. We're always gonna go. Next That's generation. always Tasha. Uh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, we're talking about Denise Crosby, by yes. the way. If you're not following, but anyways, yeah, super hot in this. Uh, is she a lesbian or is she not? Did you did did he read that that wrong? What are we going to say? What's happening there? No, like they're both hooked up with the guys is the way I read it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But yeah, I know. But, but the way, you okay. know, he, he told he's like, he's like, you know, you're going to believe a couple, a couple of dogs or whatever he said, you know. Yeah, I think that there was, well, there was a lot of uh, cheap shots and low hanging fruit <laughs> uh, in this movie, especially when it came to like a whole lot of racism in this movie. <laughs> Well, he, they, they, they explained it away with that one line. You know, he's like, you know, I was just trying to keep you down. You know, uh, I don't really <laughs> believe all that shit I was telling you. You know, watermelon. I <laughs> like, just called him watermelon at one point. I typed that out in, in my notes. Just the word watermelon. <laughs> I'd like I mean, how that was handled, just like, though. Let's just still it down to the most simplest thing. You know, like, Wow. <laughs> He was like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's part of the job. And Eddie Murphy's response to him was like, come on, that wasn't all the job. Yeah, man. That was, that's a good moment. And, you know, his, I like the joke afterwards, too, where he's like, well, not, since you're feeling like Abraham Lincoln. Uh. <laughs> 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 no, man, that was, oh, it was good. It was good. Okay, so last week's episode, uh, very poignant, uh, is considering what's uh, happening, as Jared mentioned, uh, I believe. And this one, it's it's like the 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 same thing from a different perspective. This is schlocky and full of. It's crude, you know. It's rude. <laughs> it's big and out there. Uh, it's it's just such a whiplash from from last week's episode. But they're talking. But there's the whole same thing. Nick Nolte is constantly being a terrible, shitty cop. I mean, he he completely yeah. dis- He's drinking the whole time. No, not only that, he's just pulling <laughs> guns on people, threatening people's lives, uh, holding that woman at knife point. Uh, that was our heroes from the eighties, all right? Oh yeah, yeah. Man. alcoholic he's, cops, he's a, bro. He's a rogue <laughs> murdering cop. people. He's he's willing to do what it what needs to be done, and when other cops die, he does not give a fuck. The next scene after fucking the dude from fucking Breaking Bad. Dies by his own gun. <laughs> oh, right, Mr. Right? Jonathan it, Banks. It, yeah, Jonathan Same Banks. Voice. Fucking, fucking, yeah. Oh, dude, he he, he looks good in yes. this role too. I like the I like him in this, but uh, especially I don't know, man. Anyways, it, it cuts to the next scene, which is an amazing scene, by the way. That's that sets up the entire. Uh, it's it's when they cut into the police station for the first time and they do this really long one take shot. Yep, on a dolly. 
Yeah, where it like kind of like pans around the room and moves into specific scenes around, and as as he moves around the room, uh, you learn different things about Gans and about where he comes from, and, and it's and it's it's Jack learning that in the scene. But what's really neat is, is that uh, even the sound kind of jumps around the room, which is kind of cool. Like 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 they bring different things in and out of the mix, yeah, uh, depending on where where he is in the room. So that's really neat. But it's also just very strange that. Two two cops were just basically murdered. One right on top of him. He actually got the blood spray on him, you know. And then the next scene, he's walking. He's like, Ah, well, you know, maybe they just weren't doing their job like they fucking should have. They fucking they got lax or whatever. Like, fuck you, bro. <laughs> yeah, he, he don't give a fuck about anybody, man. <laughs> he's telling it like it is, right? I mean, that's what he said. I mean, he's the only good cop there. Bro, and it, he especially doesn't give a fuck about uh, fine ass Superman's mom. Oh my gosh! Like, uh, who, what's her name? Annette O'Toole. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, no, no. There was absolutely no chemistry or connection between them at all. That was. She's like, "Why are you making me work so hard? <laughs> you're, t- you're you're too good for me, sweetie. Go somewhere else." Oh my gosh! Understatement of the year. Nick Nolte looks rough, man, in this movie, dude. He looks rough. I know he was supposed to, but... Mm. I, I kept thinking, is that the way he always looked? Is that just Nolte face? You know, man, I, <laughs> I looked him up, and I can't... The, the first movie I could think of uh, in his uh, filmography that I had seen was The Deep. And, man, he looked rough in that. <laughs> yeah, I, think, also, I think it was. There was one looked. where he was like a leading man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah a bunch. The Prince, the Prince of Tides. Yeah, he was oh. nominated for that. Yeah. I know, I'm just saying, like, you know, god damn it, <laughs> get over here and love me. <laughs> just that, just that, like, gri- gr- uh, gravelly voice, you know, man. Mm. You think he's putting it on, or is that how he is? I don't know. That's how he sounds in interviews, when you hear him you talk. You think he goes home and he's like, ah, gee, this sure was a good day. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I hope not. That would be disappointing. And before a shoot, he's like smoking twelve packs of Marlboros and drinking fucking straight scotch out of the bottle. It's Ooh. the cheap shit. <laughs> Maybe a little too close to home. He uh, he did have a drinking problem for uh, for a couple decades. Oh yeah. Oh really? Yeah. So those flasks were really full in this. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know about this time in his life. Uh, yeah. To be honest, he didn't get arrested until like two thousand two or something for a DUI. Oh really? Yeah. I'd like to have uh, one of his flasks from this movie because apparently it's always full. It is a magic because flask. He's, yeah, he's been sipping out of this flask. And, and, you know, they're not changing clothes, so you know he hadn't really gone home yet. So this flask is, like, never-ending. It's a, it's a Wonka flask. Wonka brand. It's a Wonka. <laughs> Did you know that the original people they wanted to play this in this film were Richard Pryor and Clint Eastwood? Yeah. What? Hmm. How crazy. How crazy would that have been? That would have been a completely different movie. Like, well, you've got you still got somebody who's got a raspy voice, you know, but he's more understated. He's like, God damn it, Reggie, get in the fucking car. I right, see now that <laughs> makes me. <laughs> it's that scary. It's scarier. That makes me question how long this movie was in production or it was in somebody's head because it felt very seventies, especially the clothes and the hair. I know it was nineteen eighty two, but. Uh, it also, it's the same year that the toy came out. Really? So it, it's actually yeah. So Richard Pryor's still in his prime. He could have done this. Hmm. And the same director did Brewster's Millions right after this. So uh. Uh, yeah. So he, he he ended up working with Pryor, but for some reason it didn't land for this particular film. 
Well, Clint Eastwood wanted to be the uh, the convict for some reason. I guess he got tired of playing good guys. Um, He's like, remember that movie where I escaped from prison? That's what he went off and did, <laughs> was escape from Alcatraz. You're joking, but oh, yes. Oh, yeah. oh. oh th- was that after this? Uh, was that after this? No, I it was that before was, this. No, that was. Uh, this movie was like, it started uh, with that Lawrence Gordon, the producer. He came up with the idea in like 75 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking that was totally like late 70s. Yeah, I think it was like 77 or something when that movie came out. Okay, yeah, yeah. Great film, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you don't. Oh, yeah, you yeah, don't know I, I saw it in your it. eyes. I saw it in your eyes. You were like, you were like, fuck you, Frank. No, I didn't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, no, I like because uh, Don Siegel directed that, right? I like Don Siegel. I don't know who directed it, but I remember watching it as a kid, going, "This movie's great." <laughs> no, yeah, that that is a pretty good movie. That's probably the yeah, best man. Alcatraz film. Fuck you, The Rock. Ah, come I don't on, know. man. It's come on. That's a better movie than The Rock. <laughs> the Rock's so fun. To the rock. <laughs> it's incredibly fun. Uh, I've got a uh, Nick Cage. Nine months. Now. They go to they go to Alcatraz and that for the. <laughs> anyway, do they? Uh, uh, yeah, I was trying to think of another movie that had Alcatraz in it. <laughs> Nine months. <laughs> Nine months. <laughs> it was that was your pull. Uh, the beginning of uh, the beginning of Eddie Izzard's uh, Dress to Kill. There's some shots of Alcatraz. Ah, Alcatraz. I'm sure there was <laughs> Alcatraz. a shot of Alcatraz <laughs> off in one of these wide shots, you know, near the Golden Gate there or something. There has to be, right? <laughs> My goal in life is now to make the best Alcatraz movie. <laughs> <laughs> Incredibly niche genre. Good luck to you. It's going to be called Alcatraz 2. <laughs> T-O-O. Uh, oh. I know you've got me. Yeah, there you go. Anyways, it's a se- sexual assault that happens at Alcatraz. <laughs> oh, it's like <laughs> hashtag Alcatraz too. There you go. <laughs> when Alcatraz turns into an all-women prison, it's not just about sodomy this time. Harvey Weinstein I mean, becomes. It's somewhat about sodomy. Alcatraz. Hashtag Alcatraz too. That's so ridiculous, man. Uh, yeah, cut all this, Brian. No. <laughs> oh, um, my goodness. So there had to have been some improv going on there. Uh, oh, no doubt. One of the things I remember Nick Nolte saying is, my ass bleeds for you. My ass bleeds for you. What does yeah. that mean? Man, I don't uh, know. Maybe it was my heart bleeds for you, but it, because, you know, everything has to be kicked up to the next level, it's my ass bleeds for you. Mm. Yeah. They just had to put an edge on everything in this movie. It did. It, it did. That didn't bother me. I like that though. That's good. You know what did bother me, Jared? What's that, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> this fucking plot in this movie is just as stupid as fucking Rush Hour's plot, dude. It, if not, maybe more dumb, bro. <laughs> it is like a paint my it's, numbers yeah. bullshit. Yeah, I wrote this down. Uh, this is really interesting. So, twenty-five minutes in, we meet Reggie. That's not too bad. That's not the worst we've had. Yeah. I was, you know, because I was like, damn, we've been going a little while in this movie and we haven't even seen, you know, fucking Eddie Murphy. How crazy. But anyways, we meet, we meet Reggie. He's in prison singing, Roxanne. That's great. You don't have to put on a red light. And I like, I actually like that it gets to the bridge in the song. He's like, put on a red light. You know, and it, Roxanne, you know, put on a red light. Anyways, that's 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 got, badass. But he's got to stop it. He can't he can't finish yeah. Roxanne. Oh yeah, <laughs> bro. Have you ever heard this song? <laughs> Anyways, um, it's great. it is excellent. But he's in prison. 
He's in a lazy boy. Why? <laughs> it, it looks like he's in a lazy boy he listening is. to a Walkman. Is he like the king of prison? He must. Because at the end of this scene, they just it, Nick Nolte just walks away and doesn't put him back in the cell. Doesn't close the door. Nobody says anything to him. You know, it's it's really weird. Like, uh, okay, so in most movies where you see somebody to go interrogate a prisoner, they take him to an interrogation yeah. room. It's so fucking weird that he goes to his cell, pulls him out into the fucking alleyway where other prisoners are listening. He's like, we got to get Gans, man. And he's like, hey, fuck you, man. Like, all this shit, like, screaming. Everybody in the goddamn jail cell knows he's going after Gans now. So all they have to do is get it through the prison network, get it out, and then Gans would know. Doesn't that seem a little crazy that that, that, that happened right there? Yeah, but... But look, man, I, okay, I'm, I'm a little bit on board with this because the prison, like, the walkways look better as a location than an interrogation room. Interrogation rooms yeah. always suck in fucking movies and especially in fucking TV shows. Hey, 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 Dark Knight did it right. Yeah, that's a movie. I was just saying, you know, TV shows. Oh, yeah. 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 This is a movie, bro. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, you know, interrogation rooms, yeah, they, they outside of the Dark Knight, they're usually bad. So I, I'm okay with that decision. You know, I, I'll, I'll let that go. I'm just saying, like, like, like you know, it, it. I'd seen this movie a thousand times, and then uh, I've seen it twice since uh, for this podcast to kind of review it. And just both times I saw it, and I was like, it's just really weird they're doing that right there. As far as from from like a, a logical standpoint, but you're right, it does look good. Now it's not it as cool as in Tango and Cash with all the shit fi- fire and Man. shit coming down. Well, that was so fucking but... over the top, <laughs> ridiculous. Like what? that was a comic book. Like that was no way near reality. <laughs> But anyways, no, it, it totally does work, you know. Get me out of here, man! And I, I like that there's a beat and he's like, fuck you! <laughs> it was good, you felt it, it was from deep down there. Yeah, yeah. But it's it, it's also really weird that he checks him out of the fucking place like he's a fucking movie at Blockbuster. Yes. Like, have, you, have him back in 48 he says, hours. He says, uh, <laughs> at the end of a, a, a bunch of light sort of racial treatment, at the end he says, you'll have to sign for him, sir. Like he's a fucking package or he's being delivered. Do you, uh, do you, have, a, uh, do you have a current membership card? <laughs> uh, I, I do have a punch card for a free movie when I return, right? <laughs> for a free comic when I return him. <laughs> well, he was, he was getting his buddy to cover for him. Again, like, I, I'm, I'm okay with all that stuff. I just, like, the whole reason Eddie Murphy needs to get out in the first place to help this cop is stupid. No, it doesn't make any sense why he had, The only reason I felt like that the reason, I, I wish that in the, in the story it would have been that he actually really didn't, the only reason he wanted to get out was so he could protect his money. Yeah. Instead of, like, him ha- actually having a way to uh, bring Gans down. Because all he had to do was really tell him to go to those two places well yeah he just needed a list of the fucking known associates which they already fucking had yeah no shit it it, it seemed like it seemed a little too easy seemed a little too easy that they both every time they went to a location the person was there yes and it all sort of felt like it happened within two or three blocks of the city there was no sense of space or scale uh it's very strange but i i agree but i I, but i do appreciate the 90-ish minute uh, Runtime, it, it was it, tight, it, nice and tight. It flows. That's true. You know, so may, maybe that's the point. It's it's maybe it's not about you know it's not about realism and all that. It's about tell the story and and what 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 moves the story forward and all that. But uh, upon review and studying too hard, uh, it, it seems like huh, this seems a little easy. <laughs> like like just like you know, they said. I mean, like you know, damn, we could we could have found this guy ourselves. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, these guys just seem kind of. I don't know. When you think about it, like yeah, you guys are kind of stupid. Everybody in this movie is kind of dumb. Kind of, a, kind of a dumb, dumb thing. They're all doing. Um, 
And nobody really, uh, and like the, the main people, like Gans and Eddie Murphy and fucking uh, like Reggie and, um, oh, what's his name? Jack. They never change clothes, but everybody else kind of changes clothes around them. Like like the guy who, who they chase down who ends up stealing the money later. What's his name? Luther. Which Oh. Luther. Luther. Does he not remind you of uh, Reek from Game of Thrones? What? No. Really? No. I just think, he, I just think he's, like a, he's like just a fucking maniacal dickhead. Like, <laughs> like he just... Uh, he's a dude from he the Warriors. Warriors. Uh, yeah. He's that he's guy? That guy. Come out no to play. No shit. Wow, I didn't know that was you know actually holy so shit, dude. Uh, uh, yeah, no, no, no. There, there was a moment where he when he was going crazy. I was thinking it felt like uh, the dude from the Warriors in my brain. No shit, because there's a moment where he like he goes in and he's at, he's at like a window or something and he asks somebody something and he fucking snaps at him real quick out of nowhere. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like mm. like he's just like what the fuck is wrong with this dude? He's just like tweaked out like fucking asshole dude. Yeah, that is. Wrong? Yeah, why was he always a yeah, dick? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I believe. I guess maybe, yeah, that's he was, was under saying. a lot of stressor, pressure, man. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was a kidnapping, yeah, right? A lot of uh, yeah, 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 right. Wasn't I don't the, want him to kill uh, my girl. Our Native American friend wasn't he also in the Warriors? Uh, yeah, they kept popping up, and like that's what that was the the very first. He was in Predator. Oh, what, no, what Cuddle was, Bear? Yeah. Or what, what was it? I don't remember if, his name. But if you look up that guy's uh, IMDb, he often plays Native American type and some of the weirdest out there kind of roles. I, I like his I like his creepy smile. He's good. And I, 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 I yeah, like I, I, there's uh <laughs> when they're in the subway, which actually man that subway shot where they're down there and they're like pushing through the, the crowd. scene, yeah. Co- yeah, yeah, yeah. Where we're like, we're like Nick Nolte's like kind of crouched down a little bit, and he's like headed at him, and all the crowds like crossing in front of him and everything. That looks so fucking. It cool. was very voyeuristic. Like, like, like um, they yeah. weren't they weren't tracking the subject all that well, and it felt. And you were kind of missing him yeah. a little bit, and he was kind of mixed in the crowd, and he kind of appears, and just the feeling of that. There, there's multiple times in this movie where they set the tone, and just the suspense really hits. Like like in the in the scene where the two cops get killed at the beginning, where, where he throws the gun. That that whole little section before that little standoff happens has really amazing energy. And the same thing when they're down in the uh, in the subway. It's just like, it's just like they, the director can build really nice stuff at, at those moments. You're right, you know, because he could go just into, like, a complete action moment. Like, how many times have we seen this in, like, the same genre, the buddy cop genre, where, like, it's just a, a chase, and it's constant, it's constant, it's all about the adrenaline. Right, yeah. And this does give you those moments where you can build some tension, even though it is pretty much a funny movie for the most part. So, yeah. Right. Th- yeah, you're right. I, I give but Walter the- Hill props for that. Oh, yeah, and at the end, uh, the end where the cop, like, come is for some reason is above the train, how somehow he can be up there, and he's like, drop it, asshole, I'm going to splatter you, or whatever. And then it cuts back to the to the baddies going away down, you know, in the train, and the smile that the fucking like uh, the Native American dude gives is so fucking badass. He's like, <laughs> he's like, fuck you. Yeah. I loved everything they did in that in that subway section, man. I I really hate that they didn't uh, like finish Eddie Murphy's chase or like conclude it in any way. Oh, you're saying, oh, yeah, it just kind of moved on. Once Nick Nolte's character's at gunpoint by that cop, it just it ends. And then the next time you see Eddie Murphy, he's like talking to somebody on a telephone and he's walking into a bar. And it's just, it's very jarring the first time you see it. It's just like, what happened to his chase? What's going on? And you, you get it later that he's actually tailed the guy to a hotel, but it takes forever, dude. And it's, it's really weird that they don't show the conclusion to that chase. Yeah, that is weird. I didn't think about that, but you're right. Maybe they did shoot it and it didn't go. Yeah, it seems like, what, what's, uh, what's... like a missing puzzle piece, huh? What's the scene after the after the subway scene? Do you remember? 
Yeah, uh, I think it's, uh, it's it's Eddie Murphy talking on the phone, isn't it? Oh, so it just cuts to him there, and he's inside the club. No, uh, he's walking into the club, and then it cuts to um, uh, Nick Nolte getting the the phone call. God damn it, where are yeah, you? Yeah, and he's like he's he's waiting <laughs> for him, and then it turns out to be his girlfriend, and yeah, 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 yeah. But the subway scene is really good, though. I mean, maybe it just didn't work in the edit. We have all stopped and, and danced around the bar scene with the uh, with the. <laughs> Hundreds of Confederate flags, definitely like uh, for me the the peak comedic moment of the movie. Like that, just, that it is whole the best little scene. five or six minutes. He's like years of experience in bullshit. Well, come check out some of my bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good. One. You know, there's there's actually hidden red, rebel flags all over this movie. In the scene where he's walking down the cell blocks to go get Reggie, Roxanne. In that scene, uh, the very first jail cell are these two black dudes in the jail cell, and they have a poster with with rebel flags. Oh on yeah, it, inside their cell. Dude, that's crazy too. And this is in San Francisco. Yeah, it's just really weird. Like with, with all the stuff going on lately, like it's just that, <laughs> which it's it's a super cool turn in the movie because you're thinking that it's going to be some kind of like nightclub where. You know, um, and hell, even Jack thought he was going to stand out. You know, Uh-oh. he was like, "Man, I can't, I can't go in there." You know, they're going to spot me as a cop instantly. Or do you think he knew what kind of bar it was? He was beforehand? fucking with them. Did he, did he? Yeah. Do you think? Do you think that it, it, that he was setting him up for that? I don't think so because of uh, how it played out. He, he sat back in the fold and watched uh, watched him do all this. It didn't seem. We're all behind you here. Officer. I don't. I, I can't attribute <laughs> that much forethought to his character. Yeah, I, I I actually never thought about that. I just assumed that he didn't until he walked in. Yeah, it makes sense. Because they but both anyways, look kind yeah, of surprised. It, it's in, it's in, I've been in uh, a bunch of like you know shitty bars, and I've never seen so many rebel flags. Oh my god, in one it, place. Was, it was <laughs> over the top. Yeah, again, it was one of those things. Like after after they walked out of the bar, my brain immediately went to wait a minute. They were looking for the Native American yeah, the in the fuck? rebel flag in the rebel why, flag bar. Why was he hanging out there? Like. Did he was he going there just to get in bar fights? He's like, "Well, you want to say something racist to me?" Ah! Was that the point? Like, I don't know. It just didn't make a lot of sense. In 1982, Native Americans were white. <laughs> Apparently, the um, I don't know, man. That was the very first uh, racist thing in the movie was was some some slag against Native Americans. You remember the the fake fight they got into to get them out of the chain gang? Oh, I love that scene in the movie. man. That's great. Dude, it's it, that's so well blocked, and just I love that uh, the heat effect that they use on those long lenses when the trucks are pro- approaching. I oh, love man, that. Dude. Yeah, it looks so good. Did you notice that the score in that in that section has steel drums in it? Uh, it also has the Law and Order clarinet. It's this weird fucking. Yeah, it is weird. It's not saxophone. It's clarinet, but it's, it's clarinet played as saxophone, and there's some fucking steel drum, but it's not played like a steel drum. It's like they're, they're using it as accents. I was like, wow, this is really, it is weird. really weird. I'm not gonna say great, <laughs> but it was very strange to listen to. Yeah, yeah, guys. I, I I swear to God, when I was watching this movie, the the first thing I thought of was, oh, this is the Commando score. <laughs> <laughs> this is the fucking Commando score. I, I, sh- I shit you not. I had to go and I got on the internet. James Horner did both of these no, scores. He did no this way. one first. He just stole from himself. Gotta be. Yeah. In 1985, man, he put out like fucking like eight scores <laughs> for that fucking year. Dude, I think he just got to Commando and he's like. Fucking forty-eight hours works. It sounds kind of jungle-esque. <laughs> Let's roll, baby. <laughs> Got some steel drums in there, dude. You play them back to back, and there's moments where it's like, what? Especially the car chase when they're like following the money from the parking deck. 
That shit's like yeah, straight yeah. up Commando soundtrack. It's that's amazing. Yeah, it's God. weird. But nobody but you would ever catch that. Oh, no. People caught that, dude. I mean, come on. No. <laughs> Commando's a cock classic. Uh, speaking of that car chase, that was sort of pathetically underwhelming. Kind of a low point. I mean, I know what it. Are you and I know it's about? supposed to be like a super sly, sleeky thing, but it was. It just appeared so slow on camera. And uh, there wasn't any following it was like they sort of played like it was supposed to be a car chase but it was going really low speed i'm talking about the daylight one sort of in the middle of the movie it's a 45 minute mark yeah hmm. when they're, they're actually following the, the luther guy before they get to that subway area it's not executed perfectly i don't know i, I don't think that was supposed to be a high speed no, it's not chase. supposed to be high was, speed was that... but it it it, it 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 felt like they were it, pl- it played like it was supposed to be there. all the cars move slow man like he's right like even think about like think about the uh that's the, the time um with the bus, right? And you got Nick Nolte and Eddie Murphy, and they're in the car, and how they ram together. It, it they do move like they're really <laughs> I, slow I, and they're clumsy. The, and... I, I kind of like that. Okay, it was all right, but the my biggest problem in that scene was they were doing a lot of '80s gun shooting, yeah. which means they just they're just like pointing, they're just randomly shooting in random spots that don't make sense. <laughs> yeah. just, there was something about as <laughs> as you get closer to to more modern films, uh, the gunplay gets way more realistic. And more accurate as far as like the way things would be, but no, hold on, bro. You can't, you're, tr- you're trying to tell me that that you can't lean out of a window of a fucking bus and shoot two motherfuckers in a damn in a convertible, dude. I could take them out. Like, <laughs> I play Call of Duty, bro. I can do it. Like, <laughs> what did you just say? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I play Grand Theft Auto. There it's more go. like yes. a Grand Theft Auto there, mission. There you go. That sounds more like a Grand Theft Auto oh, mission. Yes. <laughs> Take out the bus. You know. Um, <laughs> what are we talking about? What are we talking about? I'm just talking about just randomly shooting and just the ridiculousness of that. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, I'm saying it. That feels like a GTA moment. It totally is. Yeah, I can see the quick time event in 48 <laughs> hours. The video game. Yeah, we should do that. I'm kind of surprised they haven't yet. God damn it! Push oh come heads. on! There was. There's got to be a 2D <laughs> side scroller bullshit movie tie-in video game for the 16 or 8-bit era. Well, the only cool thing I found as far as like uh, merch that I want from this is the international poster. The international poster actually has Eddie Murphy f- flicking the bird. Oh, and that right. was an actual release poster, and it looks amazing. In the in the uh, American version, it's him like holding. He's got a finger out, like his pointer finger, and he's got some uh, handcuffs hanging on it. But in the in the in the international one, he's like just straight up flicking the bird. I've got to find like a full size movie poster. That's of that. a beautiful thing. I, I think you can. I don't think it's that expensive. I don't give a shit what it costs, Brian. Oh, it's, money's it's like no object you, to you. It, it, that's right. It's like you and that Halloween poster you have. <laughs> I'll spin that for it. <laughs> Got that at a good, good deal, Jared. I know. I know. Uh, this is a terrible fucking poster, man. This is one of the worst fucking one sheets like ever. Oh, just the, the standard poster. Yeah. He's got the. Is that a cigarette in his mouth or what's in his fucking mouth? Cigar. That's a cigar. Yeah, it's fucking. Does he huge. ever smoke a? Does he ever smoke a cigar in the no, movie? No, not once. I don't think. So why the fuck does Eddie Murphy have a giant cigar in his mouth if he never? Smokes as far as uh, cover sins, I'll let that go. Or uh, movie poster sins. Like there are so many misleading paintings and, and things that pass off as movie posters. That's fine. It's it's just got so much goddamn text on it, man. Like, okay, like it doesn't have a uh, like a, a tagline. It has a goddamn synopsis. The boys are back in town. Nick Nolte is a con- <laughs> Eddie Murphy is a convict. 
They couldn't have liked each other less. They couldn't needed each other more. And the last place they ever expected to be is on the same side, even for 48 hours. Like, holy shit, man, that's a goddamn paragraph. <laughs> Damn. At least give me your elevator pitch. I don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to play the trailer and uh, for 48 hours, and we'll be back. We ain't partners. We ain't brothers, and we ain't friends. I'm putting you down and keeping you down until Gans is locked up or dead. And if Gans gets away, you're going to be sorry you ever met me. I'm already sorry. Nick Nolte is a cop. Eddie Murphy is a con. I can help you get Gans, but you got to get me out of here first. You're crazy. He pulls some strings. See how you needed me a little more than you thought, huh, Mr. K? He pulls some scams. So where do you want to do it, honey? Want to hop up on the counter? No, we can go in this room over here next to the bathroom. Yeah, right. I'm dead serious. Come on, we're on the move. Let's go. They've got two killers to track down. Toss me that piece, and he won't waste him. They've got a kidnapping going down. I want the money. I don't know what you're talking about. Snap that Indian to snap her neck. They've got a fortune to hunt down. I want to know what's going on between you and Gans. Half a million dollars. And it's all coming down in 48 hours. But I gave you 48 hours to come up with something and the clock's running. This guy got a real itchy trigger finger and he's a nervous cop. You better listen to him because your brain's blown out. I'm the calm type. <laughs> Looking for a good old boy by the name of Billy Bear. Never heard of him. Heard of him now, man? You know, you are real stupid for a cop, man. You're following this guy too close. Yeah, well, most cops are pretty stupid, but since you landed in jail, what the hell does that make you? Luther? I'm sorry about the door, man. Did that hurt? It looked real painful. You come clean and we're going again right here, right now. Are you in some hurry or something? Yes, I'm in a hurry. I haven't done anything for three years. Oh, you used to be a priest or something. Save my night. If you screw up, I can promise you. You're going down. They couldn't like each other less. They couldn't need each other more. You want to bet? And if they can get off each other's case. Look at you. You got a $500 suit on. You're still a low life. Yeah, but I look good. They just might solve this one. Being a cop is a hard job, Jack. Nick Nolte, Eddie Murphy. We ain't brothers, we ain't partners, and we ain't friends. Now, if Dan gets away with my money, you're going to be sorry you ever met me. I'm already sorry. 48 hours. Y'all be cool. All right, we're back. That was a trailer for 48 hours. Walter Hill's 48 hours. What'd you guys think of that trailer? Did exactly what a trailer's supposed to do. Give away the whole fucking movie. And made it look way better than it was. (laughs) Nah, man, this movie movie is fucking fun. Uh, And, you know, I don't know, man. It looked great. It looks good. Um, it reminded me that he's out, uh, you know, trying to get some trim the whole movie, which is kind of cool. It's kind of funny. That's just Eddie just Murphy's good. M.O. I <laughs> Anything you can. <laughs> Hi, I'm Reggie Hammond. <laughs> it was <constant>. Every scene, <laughs> every, if every he chance. saw a woman. And if they weren't talking about the case, 
He was talking about pussy. He's like, look, man. He's like, he's like, I'm tired of hearing about lies about pussy. I want to hear a real story. He's like, <laughs> that's good. That's the, that's the bonding moment. You know, that's that's the male bonding. M- male bonding talking talking yeah. about getting laid. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Male, yeah. male bonding in the '80s. Sex talk. <laughs> that's how we did it. This movie's got amazing blocking, and also really terrible blocking <laughs> on the same film. Uh, what do you I mean, like that, that, that fight they had? Uh, no, that's a bad stunt double. We'll get to that. Hold okay, that. Okay. Hold, hold right, that. Right, right. uh, the blocking was like you mentioned the police station scene earlier, and I think that is blocked. Uh, it's pretty perfect. You know, it's like, it's three minutes. It's impressively done. Yeah, and like like you're talking about where they they are bringing in different conversations at different uh, moments, but whoever's in the foreground is the one we're supposed to be paying attention to, and that's yeah. the audio we get, and, and how that's handled. The amount of extras and, and the, the movement of the camera and, and, and all of it, it, it felt hectic and real. It, it didn't come off as hokey. It, 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 every single bit of it landed, and, and, it, and, it, and it sold. Uh, uh, it I, one, expertly done. One part. There was a lady, an Asian lady in a white pantsuit, who <laughs> stepped in the scene for about eight seconds. Oh, the seconds. forensic person? Yes, eight seconds, All and right. just stomped it down. But otherwise, perfect execution, yeah. She, she the one that patted him on his shoulder before yes, she left the scene? The, the, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. She was the worst part of that scene. Nah, I, I, I was okay. But with it. I, uh, but I was okay with it too because oh, it I was I was like I was like I was like man, this is this is this is a standout moment of this film to me. Yes. It was like wow, it was a really really cool, really cool way to set a scene. But the hotel lobby scene, I think, is a great example of bad blocking. Remind me of the scene. Uh, it's it's the hotel scene when the uh, the the one cop oh, they, that's they... been shot. He comes down the stairs and he stands on the fucking stairs the whole yes. goddamn scene, and he's like crying and yeah it, yeah it was really awkward. That scene, it felt awkward. And the lighting was really bad in there, too. Yeah, right? Like, nobody's moving, and it, they're just standing still, and it's like, well, guys, we're supposed to be having a gunfight, and these two guys are going out of a pillar, and then everybody and, else just standing there? And that's a quintessential scene, because uh, Jack has to make a, he has to make a, he has to make a decision right there, what the fuck to do, you know? And, mm. and it also, it, yeah. it plays, it plays into how, how they get his gun, which is supposed to be some of his motivation, a personal motivation, that uh, I don't have my fucking gun, you know. Yeah, he cares more about that than the two officers that got killed in the line of duty. Yeah, you know? he, yeah he didn't give a shit, you know. <laughs> that, that does, yeah. I think he has a line of dialogue that pretty much he says that. Yeah, what but you're right. Dick. Yeah, that, that, that was a, to be such a pivotal scene for the film, it, it felt kind of like rushed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's, it's a lot of those, like the good blockings in just these, in these moments with, characters that are, it's building and it's it's usually exposition with a, with a joke or a punchline in it like the police station and there's another one with Eddie Murphy and um, Nick Nolte and they're walking down the China, Chinatown uh, street and it's this big long uh, crane shot it's an amazing shot right the, 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 the logistics of getting the shot that they pulled off and the timing of the length of the dialogue to go from where they started to where they end at the end and to pull the focus and do that, you're pulling over fucking power lines, all this shit, amazing fucking shot. But you're right, it was all for a but um pum. It's it's a good moment, and I, I think that works. You know, like that's a, I think that's a good blocking moment. You know, that it, it it's a shame though super that they're impressive shot. Yeah, it's a shame that they're wasted on those scenes and like the hotel scene, which well, is I important. Don't, I, don't, got, I don't agree with that, man. I think, I think that that 
That was more of their character building. You know what I mean? It is. It, it, and, it's a, and it's a slowdown. It was long and slow, and it's a way of getting all of that dialogue in there and still keep it interesting because that's a shit ton. That's like a minute or more, you know, that's that scene. And, and it, it gives you forward mom- momentum. I mean, it, it's, that hotel it's, seems pretty important, though, man. Yeah, here's the thing, though. Also, <laughs> there's, like, geography of that scene that they're not using in any particular way. Like, he's up on the stairs, which is a power position. I feel maybe the bad guy should have been up there. They didn't uh, – there was a right. lot to play with that they left on the table. It just felt so awkward. He's, he's, like, he's, like, he's like, don't totally don't, d- don't do this. Don't do this. You know, like, it just, it just felt like, okay, look. We need him to get the gun somehow, and we need him to die from the gun, mm. and we need to figure this out. And we got about three hours, guys. <laughs> well, sure. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, mean, I, I, I disagree with that because it's it's also handled the same way at the end. Like the oh, end. Oh my god! He, I can't right? wait to talk about the ending because the, the ending end? is fucking terrible. Yes, when when he's like, uh, okay, so James Murmar's got like Eddie Murphy and he, he's holding him gunpoint, <laughs> and the way Nick Nolte just his hair's all super slick back in that one shot, and he just comes out of the smoke, <laughs> and, and he's like, he, he he looks like a fucking badass, but he does, yes. but it's just covered weird. The, the the lighting the lighting in that scene is fucking phenomenal. It it looks so Agreed. fucking cool, but. The acting oh, and the blocking God, and all this shit. I wrote this down. He goes, I got your gun. I got the money. I got everything. <laughs> and then he's like, he's not going to fucking do it, man. And he fucking shoots. And he goes, I got hit? I don't believe it. I got shot. <laughs> it, ah! it is, and he it charges is this close, him. dude. It's it is this close fucking... to being, yeah, I cannot believe you shot me with that gun you were holding in your hand. <laughs> why, why is he so over the top? Like, he, I don't know. It's he's like, like, been... He does a fine, serviceable job for the entire movie, but yeah. all of a sudden at the end, it's like, I'm it, done. This is it goes ridiculous. Rap, guys. I don't know what happened. I don't either, man. It It is... <sighs> It's terrible that the movie ends on this note, dude. Like, this, this is how it gets wrapped up. <laughs> it's kind of bad. No, no, no. Then there's a beat afterwards with, uh, uh, fine, they dispose of the big bad, I guess. But then they, they have this conversation about the money afterwards. Well, Nick Nolte is corrupt to the bone. Like, what is this money? Why is it not evidence? Why is he handing it to him? And that's where we end, correct? Because he Maybe? fucking earned that yeah, money, yeah, bro. That, that's the actual end in. Yeah. Okay. I guess so. Like, there's so many good moments in here, and like, a lot of things to uh, appreciate. But I don't know. The character that dude deserves a Razzie for that fucking performance of that, oh of that shit. That, really that is bad. seriously. It's just that one a, scene. It's a. I know what I'm saying, and it's a laughable. It's a laughable performance. I don't know, man. I think Nick Nolte coming out looking all like him looking all serious, he looks trying so to be a bad stone ass, dude. dude. And he no, takes the frame. shot with no aim. Dude, that frame. That frame, Brian, is is the shit. They they spent three hours lighting that fucking shot, dude. It looks cool, but like the way he's so done up, it's hysterical. He's like, I'm coming know, out for man. my hero shot, man. I'm coming out is, for my hero man. shot. He is. I want a poster of that frame. Like, like his hair is fucked up the whole movie, but when he comes out to shoot that guy, let me tell you what, that shit slicked back. He looks like All Might from fucking like uh, from My Hero Academia, and that that's <laughs> <laughs> like he comes out. He just looks fucking powerful, bro. Uh, I don't know that, that nobody's I, gonna get that reference. <laughs> oh, they will. The, all, all, only the deep cut nerds will grab, but uh, but they'll they'll get it. 
But uh, yeah, man. Ooh. <laughs> but J- James James Touché. Remar overacting like a motherfucker, Broski. Oh that, man, look at that. That's uh, that's two Warriors alumni in this movie. Yeah, I think it didn't. Uh, didn't the director also do a bit of writing on the Warriors? Oh, he directed the Warriors, and he, and he produced yeah, it as well. He also yeah. produced uh, Aliens. He did most yeah, of his produced, movies. Yeah. yeah, dude. Like he co-wrote what, what, Alien. Did he write Alien? I thought he wrote Aliens. Uh, I think he co-wrote both of those. Him did and he? David Geiler. Oh, yeah. Wow, man. I have to go back yeah. and listen wow. to those podcasts. This, dude, this yeah. dude's a badass. Yeah, Walter Hill. This was kind of like his uh, his peak. Although we we should we should bring this up because we said in the heat of the night was kind of the first actual buddy cop film. The first time we could think that this genre had been broached and we could see the, you know the bare essentials of the genre forming. I guess the way I can uh, equate it to horror fans. This is like the the Friday the Thirteenth of of slasher movies. Where it's, it's the buddy cop film that comes in and it's just it. It's not the first one, but it gets the formula that the '80s will copy. Uh, yeah, I can see that. Just, just perfect. Like oh. everything is here, and that that brings me to uh, to the um, to the police chief. Oh, the tropiest guy, last action hero. Is this where the angry, loudmouth police chief guy comes in? Is this the first one of those? Is this, is this our first like? Just he's a fucking asshole, angry. He's racist. <laughs> he's a racist black guy. Oh cool yeah. Like, he's like, yeah, I said it. Like, yeah. okay. <laughs> in the movie, there is no beat for everyone to like gasp. But but in the room that I was in, <laughs> and the people that were in it, there was this moment. It's just like, yeah. oh. Is that- he said that, and then he confirms that we did hear that correctly. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> oh, well, you know, fucking Nick Nolte throws it out right before he punches him, and I love how they cut that out of the trailer. They show everything else yeah. in the movie in the trailer except for the end bomb. <laughs> I think there were yeah, nine that, of that's them. That's true. <laughs> I, I counted, but I, I lost count at the end. And one spear chucker. Why, why, why are you counting? Man, it's 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 a product of its time, baby. I, I see that, I see that, but I also uh, want to can try to contextualize it with what's happening now a little bit. Yeah, I, you know, and I want like he is super corrupt. He's not doing anything the proper way. At one point, he talks about <laughs> no knocking some guy. You know, oh, he straight up chokes a fucking woman, bro, <laughs> like in a stairwell to get information from her. Like fucking presses his goddamn thumb on her fucking Adam's apple, and it's like, dude, oh you need God. to fucking chill. Yes, dude. <laughs> like you're already pointing a gun at her. Uh, I think, I think, I think she gets the point. <laughs> He's a rogue cop, bro. He did, he, he was acting like he had, had no consequences at all. License to kill. Yeah. That's hero stuff, you know. That's what heroes do. I was impressed, though. I will say, uh, of all the '80s action movies that we watched, the bad guys—you know, when the cops came and knocked on the hotel door, the bad guys actually came out shooting. You know, and the cops didn't want to bring Nolte because he was—you know—he's the rogue cop. Uh He's the loose cannon. You're gonna get us killed. Literally. With your own gun, oh my God. <laughs> and when he, dude, when he pushes in there, like he like kind of pushes that damn lady behind the counter uh, over, and like you know, and like kind of muscles in there and gets the log of everybody there. When the other cops go upstairs to do their investigating, it cuts back down to these two really cool fucking split diopter shots. Oh yeah, 
and like really, really clean. They're, they're, they're pristine. There's one, there's one where it's kind of like the standard split diopter where they're both kind of in the same plane. You know, there's nothing in between them. And then it cuts back upstairs. And when it cuts back down, there's, it's like, it's like they're in separate rooms. It feels like, but, but using the split diopter, it's super fucking cool. They, um, they got another really great subtle one when they're in the car waiting, um, uh, for Luther to get the money in the parking deck. And there's a shot with like Nick Nolte and he's like taking up the whole frame and Eddie Murphy's oh, like man, sitting in the back. Yeah, oh, it's super subtle, man. Like, yeah, they, 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 they tuck them really in. Well. Yeah. yeah, most of the time when you see a split diopter shot, it's very obvious. Like these, like, I, I didn't catch them until the second viewing. I was like, yeah. wow, these are like, this is, th- there, there's some like really high quality filmmaking going on uh, and, and the scenes that land. It's just, some of it feels rushed, but like, when they hit it, man, they really hit it. Yes. It's nice. This was made at Paramount during uh, Michael Eisner's run. He was a uh, he was a crazy studio head um, who went on to you know take power at Disney, and he's the one that's responsible for hiring uh, Harvey Weinstein. Oh, oh. congratulations! <laughs> <laughs> he gave that monster power. So, uh, yeah. hey, but, but hold on, hold on. You know that that guy is is a piece of shit, and he did every a, a lot of terrible shit, but. He did also bring in some amazing shit into Hollywood. I mean, there are a lot of films that we wouldn't have if it wasn't for him. No, we would still have those films anyway. You think all so? he did, yeah, because all he would do is buy them and then recut them. You know, like those you know, films were already made. He started a bunch of people's careers and shit. You know, he, he got things to juice Really? Yeah. Yeah, but at what you, cost? You don't think those people were going to have careers anyway? I don't know, man. Yeah, I it's... don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe Kevin Smith wouldn't, but. Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know, uh, I don't know. I feel like everybody else would, especially all the foreign filmmakers. Like, I mean, dude, I don't know. I fucking hate Harvey Weinstein. Like, I, I hate him because he takes fucking foreign films and he brings them over and he just wants to fucking cut them for American commercial commercialism. And it's just uh, that's not the if that's you're bringing a foreign yeah. film in. Yeah, it's it's to expose Americans to fucking another culture. And if you dumb it down for fucking Americans, that's kind of defeating the whole fucking point of me going to see a fucking foreign film yeah, in the fucking first place. The, you dumbass. What are you doing? It's like, it, it's like Ted Turner colorizing uh, black and white films to release to, to try to get them out. See, I don't I don't agree with that shit either. So I, I think you don't really need to fuck with it at all. You don't need to George Lucas everything. Did George Lucas get a bad rap because of internet critics? Yeah, dog. I, I, George, no, I, I love yeah. George Lucas, though. I love and dude. George Lucas has single-handedly done more for the film industry than any other person, really, as far as like modernizing us and getting us to where we are. He, he holds like a hundred patents on fucking film t- technology, and he's the reason that we have all this digital shit and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, fucking George Lucas. If we did a fucking Mount Rushmore of fucking innovative film, you gotta put him up his, there. His fucking like gobbler would be up. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you'd, absolutely, you'd pull a little string at the bottom, and he'd say, "It's, um, it's okay, my poetry, so, uh, you know." It's, 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 it makes circles. I was wondering if we would uh, be able to put. Um, Put a tauntaun in the background there. <laughs> it's not easy being green. I can't do it right now. <laughs> You're doing pretty good. Oh my gosh! There's so many songs about Star Wars. I think people hate him because of the prequels, but yeah. Go yeah. back and they watch just, them again, man. They're, they're they just not didn't terrible. live up to the hype. They're not terrible. Attack of the Clones is probably the best out of all nine films. You can go back and listen to our <laughs> podcast for Jared's real thoughts on those. <laughs> What the fuck are we watching? <laughs> Why is every frame green? <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyway. All right. All right. Uh, let me throw out a quick uh, 
couple of numbers here. This movie, uh, budget of twelve million, it made seven uh, seventy eight point nine million. Fuck yeah! Just in the United States, we don't have worldwide numbers, so uh, it was a really big hit. Launching yeah. Eddie Murphy's career. It's a great fucking movie. It's a fun movie. It's also the third best uh, Saturday Night Live like cast debut. Hmm. Uh, the the other ones were fucking Bridesmaid is number one, oh. which kind of blew my mind. Uh, that was a big is, movie, dude. Yeah, yeah, but like number two is Animal House, uh, and then number three is uh, Forty Eight Hours. Wow, right? I think, the, I think there'd be some more like newer films. Well, the context was Saturday Night Live cast releases, right? Uh, how many yeah. fucking terrible Saturday Night Live movies are there? Oh my god, so many. I mean, there's, it's Pat got a movie. It's Pat got a movie, guys. <laughs> I can't even get a movie made. <laughs> but was, was Ladies Man was that was that a was that a Don't debut you talk film? shit about the Ladies Man. <laughs> oh, oh, man. see, that's why that got a movie, motherfucker, right there, because you still remember that. See, it was it was it was great for like two minutes, and then when it was an hour and a half, it was like, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. Did anyone, did, would anyone watch MacGruber? I did. I did. My ex-wife was how, obsessed with no. that. How was that? Okay, I'll take that long silence as it was shit. Um, yeah, so most... <laughs> froze. M- yes. <laughs> most, of, uh, most Saturday Night Live movies are fucking terrible, dude. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it, 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 that's, that's bottom of the barrel stuff. It probably doesn't cost them anything to fucking shoot that shit. It's also debuts too, so you, right. you're losing the Blues Brothers. Mm. I, I would say that's probably the the big one that should be on the list, but it's not a debut film because Ackroyd's are had already been in movies, and so had Belushi. That's a good one, man. That's such a good one, John Landis, dude. Although you know what, I was talking about rewatching Beverly Hills Cop. I went I went down and watched the whole trilogy. Man, I got to that third one. Holy shit, dude! I like that one, dude. No, dude, when it came up directed by John Landis, I fucking got up out of my seat and went, what? <laughs> what? I like that movie, dude. You hate on that movie, but I love Wonderworld, baby. Oh, man, dude. It was boring as fuck, dude. Oh, come on. No, even my kid was like, this one's kind of crappy. Your kid grows up in the ADD like in the generation, bro. No, dude, it is. It's garbage. Eddie Murphy's not funny in that movie. All right, he's got no jokes. It. Was this the beginning yeah, got- of the end for him? There's a huge lull in his career. Uh, oh, yeah, I guess it would. Yeah, I always think of like vampire, a vampire in Brooklyn as being the lowest point of his career. Oh, but yeah. I think that was like the year before. So yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Maybe, maybe uh, the uh, death knell. But I mean, what's he, uh, he? He's come back recently. What's his newest one? Oh, he's got coming to America, uh, the sequel that's coming out soon. Uh, and then he did that. My name is Dolomite. That was on Netflix. Oh, see, I really wanted to catch that one. Uh, uh, if you have Netflix, you should. That's that's worth watching. That's uh, the Rudy Ray Jr. story or whatever. Yes. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, gotta catch it. Hopefully, we get a Beverly Hills Cop four. I'd like to see that. What, what do you, you think? You think it's time? Fuck it. Let's do it, bro. Let's yeah, I mean, do it. That's what I'm saying, is, man. Is Judge Reinhold down? I'm sure he is, bro. He's not doing anything else. Yeah, You're goddamn right, fight. he's not. <laughs> <laughs> Axel. <laughs> I would love to actually see things do that thing. Uh, and you have to bring back Serge. Oh, Serge, of course. <sighs> you don't yeah, say Serge. It's like a, it's not a detergent. Wait, he was in one and three, right? He wasn't in the second one, was he? 
I don't believe so. Yeah, he was in he was in one and three. He was not yeah. 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 All right. Eddie Murphy ended up doing quite a few of these uh, smart mouth cop movies. And there's one more that's maybe slipping my mind or something. I don't know. I don't dude, like just Beverly Hills Cop. Like how much money that fucking movie made. It just blows my mind. Like when people are like Eddie Murphy's a star. It's like yeah, Eddie Murphy was a star, but I mean. I don't think you really really understand how big of a fucking star he was. Like, I mean, you make Beverly Hills Cop, and that movie made like over two hundred fucking million dollars in eight. Like, what was that? When did that come out? Eighty four? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's ridiculous for a comedy. It's because that, that movie's excellent. No, it's an action comedy, Brian. You're missing the point. Oh, the action is terrible in that movie, dude. Mm. No man, I when don't... he goes in, when he goes and they open up the trunk and they grab the fucking shotguns and they roll, dude. Bro. I just, I just watched it. <laughs> I just watched it. The gun battles are so bad, oh, dude. They're '80s gun battles. That's what I was saying earlier. We just point and shoot. <laughs> just, I don't know, man. And like, and like, and like, sparks blow out the end of the guns. You know. <laughs> Speaking of uh, gunplay, there were some real bad squibs in Forty Eight Hours, especially in the first scene where the cops uh, got. Yeah, when, when yeah when the dude gets shot and then he goes into the water and all that like strawberry jam flies everywhere. Yes, yeah, yeah. it was definitely some <laughs> damn near Klingon blood coming out of those cops. I don't know. I kind of like that. <laughs> well, see, no, that's it's very eighty. You can totally set the tone with that and give it that like, hey, you're in for a ride. This is going to be real fucking weird and stupid. Get ready. You know, it definitely has the diehard squibs. Oh yeah, and but but the guns sound great. Like all the all the gunshots are really fucking bold, and like just what you don't think that you don't think so? No, I was surprised oh. that they remixed them in like five point one surround sound. Like when when they do oh, the really? gun, yeah, when they do the gun blast, uh, I yeah, it kind of shocked me. I don't I have surround them. sound, so I, I didn't I didn't get to experience that. It's, it's an eighty two movie. I'm just used to them either being stereo, like you know, or mono. Oh god! Wow. So if you get something, you know. That's been remixed. It's like they went back to the the sound and and made a and made a new fu- made a new sound file. That's awesome. Did you have the Blu-ray for this? How's it look? It, it, you know, it looks it's a, it's a good transfer for being a, a grainy kind of muddy film. Because I, yeah. I was wondering because like a lot of it it's lit really well, but it looks like a lot of the stuff that was in the subway was natural light was available light so it looked like it, uh, it, it got real noisy mm-hmm. uh on the rip that i was watching uh i was just wondering what the blu-ray was looking like when they were when it was getting that kind of available light look it was it, yeah super green yeah yeah no, i watched it on youtube and my very first thought was this looks like a terrible transfer uh, <laughs> uh, but it, it improved. I think that was just. Uh, I think they were also shooting during the daytime or something. I don't know. It was a real long shot on the road. It looks grainy. It looked like a bed transfer at first, but it, it seemed to improve. Maybe my internet connection got better. <laughs> <laughs> it's that YouTube YouTube algorithm. Um, I noticed that in this. Okay, so you remember the scene where he's like, uh, "Man, you've been treating me fucking wrong and shit." And he's like, I- "I'm fucking hungry. We need to go eat something." And he's like, uh, "Fuck you and all this shit." And he's like, "Wait, wait, hold on a second. I know a place." And he goes to the fucking snack machine and he buys him oh, a candy yeah. bar. He gives him a Zagnut bar. <laughs> okay, oh my I've never. God. I've never Beetlejuice. That's what I'm about bar. to say. That's what I'm about to say. I've never had a Zagnut bar, and I've only ever seen it. In this movie and in fucking Beetlejuice, which came out in 1988. So is Zagnut Bar, is that the candy bar of the 80s? No. No. Would you like me to describe the Zagnut Bar for what you? What the fuck is the Zagnut Bar? Okay, so this is... Uh, so <laughs> Is it take, like a Butterfinger? Okay, so you take peanut butter 
and you sort of made it into like a block of wood. And take an angle grinder and make that shavings. You're, you're crafting a wooden duck out of this block of peanut butter. Okay, so you got all these shavings on the floor. You sweep all those up. You form it in a candy bar. Maybe put a little bit of oil or some shit in there to hold it together. Press it out. Shove it out. Eat it in your mouth. Well, apparently it's got toast. I looked it up. It's got toasted coconut around it. It's it's this it's, dry, it's crumbly like... thing. You bite into it, and it's this... <laughs> While you're trying to fucking choke it down. Do you, so it's not a good candy bar. Do you know what a long boy is? Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I could show you a long boy. No, I don't know what a long boy is. <laughs> it's a similar sort of treat that they sell for like a, a, a nickel at the gas station counter. It's a little roll of peanut butter and coconut nickel, and dryness. And yeah. Oh, kind of like those little Mary Janes? Yeah, totally so, something like that. Okay. Grandpa candy. So with, so with him picking gotcha. the Zagnut bar... Is that even more of a slam? Like did it did I did I give <laughs> did I give him a, did I give him a Snickers or did he pick the shittiest fucking candy he bar? He picked the shittiest candy bar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's what I was yeah. trying to get to. I was like I was like I didn't understand it's, it's no is, Snickers. Okay, so in oh. Beetlejuice he he he's like hey you wanna you wanna you wanna get he's like, he's, <laughs> he's trying to lure what was it a tarantula or something over or something no, it, was it, was a, it, was a, it was a fly yeah we were trying to ah, I want some candy you know <laughs> so I don't know yeah I just I just never had a Zagnut bar I didn't know what they were all about skip it oh man it's like the press wood of candy bars <laughs> so I will not break the keto diet to have a Zagnut nope all right Brian I I don't really I've gone down my list what you got on yours. Well, I, I we do need to go back to the um, okay. Let's go. We mentioned the the fist fight in the movie, um, but but we we didn't really talk about how terrible the stunt double fucking work was there, and and the blocking of that was really flat and gross. Dude, I I was laughing the entire. I watched that thing like five times because I was rewinding it. I was laughing every time. It's so fucking ridiculous and stupid. It doesn't even look like Eddie Murphy. It doesn't even look like fucking Eddie Murphy's like uh, like fifth cousin twice removed. No, they, they couldn't find somebody in his shape or like, you know like <laughs> just at it least was, general body build. It wasn't, wasn't Charlie, Charlie, was it? It could have been, but like I, I didn't. I was more looking at the at the the, the framing and and just kind of how just cl- it felt clumsy. You it know felt what I mean? S- yeah, because yeah, it was okay. stitched together. Because they're they're trying to the, put those like shots of uh, Eddie the, Murphy's the, face, oh, the, the reactions where he's like, kind of yeah. like, you know, yeah. yeah. And they're trying with the lighting to hide the best they can with the shadows, but the stunt double keeps going out of the uh, the shadow part, and he's spilling over into uh, Nick oh, Nolte's yeah, backlight, yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah. hitting his face. And, he, and man, it's fucking terrible, bro. There's a shot where. They're kind of wrestling around a little bit. Nick Nolte looks super disheveled and stuff. And then the next answer shot to that, he's got a little bit of a smile on his face, and he and he looks cleaned up, and he's going in for a swing. And I'm like, ah, that that shit jars me, you know? Uh, yeah. It, oh, you're right. I yes, you're yeah. you're 100 right. That was it yeah. was like uh, uh, right after the trash. They bumped into the trash right, cans. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I know what you're talking. about. Yeah, it's just <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like this whole thing was like I don't know. I I was reading um, on Wikipedia, so I don't you know. I take it with a grain of salt. It's, I could it's not completely true. <laughs> I couldn't find anywhere else. But apparently, like Eddie Murphy was really worried about being hit in I the bet. face or the stomach because you know it's his first time, first movie, and it's the first time he's ever. Um, done any stage fighting. Mm. So I don't know if the the filmmakers were using that as an excuse 
for why it looks so shitty or if that was the actual reason, but I don't know. It's Wikipedia. It's, it's because they didn't expect that anyone would like be studying it and talking about it, you know, 30 years later. Sure. That would have been really early around the VHS, so yeah, I guess, yeah. They'd be like, yeah, fuck only it, it's rich good people enough. have that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I noticed a moment when uh, Luther uh, was getting beaten up the first time that they confronted him that I thought that Luther got struck for real. Oh, no shit. I mean, yeah, no, dude. There, I, was a, there was one thing. Yeah. I, I really thought that connected. Dude, he sold the shit out of that. I know exactly what you're talking about. He punches him and then he takes, he punches him and then he, then he takes him and he slams him down on the car door. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that there is one that looks like he really did get him. I would, yeah, I had to uh, go back and see if he connected or not. I still couldn't tell. But for the most part, the, the, the fisticuffs <laughs> in this movie is pretty laughable. Maybe that's why uh, Eddie Murphy was scared because he already saw Nick Nolte punch the shit out of that <laughs> he's dude. He's like, he, <laughs> he's like, this motherfucker's a loose cannon. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, God damn it, I'm going to fucking give you it all. <laughs> Here, have some Jack. It'll take the edge off the sting. <laughs> it's not water in this flask. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh Anybody notice the uh, uh, stripper doing Gangnam Style at the Redneck Bar? No. No, I didn't, but you that's watch, funny. If you watch closely what? back there, she is most definitely doing the little riding the horse. What, left, left, right, left, right, right, left. She's doing Gangnam Style with these giant chaps on, these giant sheep chaps. <laughs> the chaps were great. And, like, uh, I love her pasties. They're, like, in little stars. <laughs> the decor in that place was just so over the top. When he's when they're uh, when he goes into the police station for the first time, you know, and they're at the desk, and they're apparently police have to manhandle this. This was at a time before, you know, if you were trying to be rally with the, with the police officer, they wouldn't like beat the shit out of you or tase you or or do whatever the fuck. You know, they just like try to drag you around. But like everybody who's coming into this police station is like, oh, get the fuck off me! Why everybody, are you every single person, <laughs> every single person, and they're walking them through this like really busy fucking police station. But the, there's these two girls that are being led by a police officer, the ones that he, that he goes over. But I, I love the little, like little look that she kind of gives him. They're both like fighting the police officer. She pauses. For a second, like looks at Eddie Murphy. I'm like, he's like, oh yeah, <laughs> it's time to go fishing. Man's on a mission. Man, you interrupting me getting trim. <laughs> 80s films are very famous for their montages. I thought it was really weird that this movie decided to use its music montage as the sequence where Nick Nolte is driving to the bar that Eddie Murphy's at, and that's when they play uh, "The Boys Are Back in Town." Oh yeah, it's it, I don't know it's a, it's a weird montage like driving across town Eddie Murphy in a club moment. I just what is the point of that? I don't. There are some points in this movie where you feel like they are painting by numbers just a little bit. Like it needs to be here, so put it here. Now, granted, I, I like the production design them going across like uh, San Francisco because they did not have a lot of. San Francisco exteriors I noticed in this movie. But. Yeah, like I said, there's a, the geography of the film felt very narrow, felt very like two or three blocks. It was the, sort of the same buildings over and over again. No, not, the, not that it was ever boring, but it just felt like the same place. You didn't get a sense of the geography, especially with the like iconic city. Fucking <laughs> 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 US Bank like five times as he goes by it. <laughs> You make a valid point. The geography of a bedrock is not well known. Show me no, one map these... of bedrock. 
No, there's these great these great clips on on YouTube. You can go watch and and you can see uh, Fred and Barney doing like a walk and talk, but they keep walking past the same shit, <laughs> <laughs> shit over and over again. Because it's the four the four buildings. They have the padded loop. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I. I... <laughs> As like someone it. who's sat and drawn frames of animation, I totally get it. Fuck that. Well, it's the same thing when you see like CGI characters and like battle sequences. Like when you look at like Lord of the Rings, like you can still see like the same kind of like a fire, like torch, um, like motions. Oh. If you really look at it when they're doing the what is that? The Battle of Helm's Deep. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. dude, yeah, you dude, know? totally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you gotta was... take shortcuts. I was listening to a uh, Star Trek park podcast the other day, and they were talking about how uh, one of the scenes they were like, "Oh man, that's that's the back lot at, uh, at Paramount. They didn't even dress it at all. It's just <laughs> <laughs> they just went out. They were like, oh, dude, all right, absolutely, <laughs> just go stand, go go stand right here and just say the lines real quick. <laughs> Let's go knock this out. <laughs> that's too real, man. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's like you know, it's it's used in everything. Yeah, we just need to go pop this scene off real quick. <laughs> Best use of that backlot is in Deep Space Nine, uh, Beyond the Stars. That episode, they dress it up to look like New York, and it is film quality every time. They they have the cars there, they have everything 1920s New York. It's it's beautiful, beautiful episode. But it's that backlot. You know oh, yeah. those fucking buildings. Yeah, yeah, it all looks exactly the same every time you go there. Ah, oh, come on, man! They, they switch out some of those buildings like every uh, two decades or <laughs> yeah. something. You know, ah. I keep up with the times. You know, you ever seen the history of the uh, Psycho House and how many movies and things that it's been in? Because it's been moved and and built, and then like other houses were built next to it, mm. and then they it, it's been a part of and and has become multiple things you know, uh, through movies. Uh, yeah, it's still at the uh, Universal. Uh, a lot, right? Uh, I don't know if it's like uh, I, I, the original one has act, they actually modded it. They 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 built things on top of it and added a balcony and took that off and you know it, it's evolved over the time. Yeah, but it's still there, right? I think I think it's still there. Yeah, okay. the, the actual the actual core of it is still there. You you remove that, yeah, your fucking history, bro. Uh, what, what the hell? Come on, that's God, man. That's one of the best set exteriors ever, bro. It's a shame they even modified it. Like, what? what come on. Fucking universal. They, 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 didn't, Come on. they didn't. see. They didn't see the value in it. There, there's a lot of. You know how much land is. There's a lot of area over there. You know. When I, when I was going to uh, to Universal Studios in Florida when they, they first opened, they used to have a Hitchcock uh, exhibit, and they. I don't know. They obviously didn't have the original Psycho House because it was you know in Florida and everything. But they saw the value in Hitchcock. They knew what they had. <laughs> I mean, that, that dude was. Oof. Well, yeah. In in the year 2000, I'm talking about you know. <laughs> no, bro. That was in the 90s. The early nineties, oh. yeah that that thing uh, that thing left Universal Studios before uh, I want to say before ninety seven. Wow, it was cool. Like they had like a whole like uh, this is how they did the uh, rear window thing. You know where he's looking across to the other balconies and you can see all the people uh, in the different windows. And this is how they did you know this the the Vertigo effect from Vertigo and and it, it was like exhibits you could actually interact with and you could oh, like press badass. buttons and stand in and oh, yeah that's it, it was cool now that's my kind of amusement park are we at ratings guys i think we are brian all right uh who's going first here oh well, do we do we need to explain the uh, the rating system here he's Justin? listened to the show no, yes, please no no no, no. oh no, all right it, so please. one bad 10 great just just perfect film but we do not grade this film on any other film. 
this is all about how you feel about this film, just in as particular. So, so you, you like you don't don't try to weigh it on is this the best film of all time? Because if you love this movie, because for personal reasons, like you and your dad used to watch it and used to hang yeah, out all sure, the time, this is a fucking ten. This is a fucking ten. Uh, yeah, I so it's your that. personal feeling on it. It's your personal feeling on it. I do feel that. I gotcha. All right, who's going first? I'm gonna go first. Do it. Okay, guys, I'm gonna give Forty Eight Hours. An eight. I think this movie is is really fun. Uh, I was really excited to watch this because this was a movie that I had seen a thousand times on HBO growing up. This is like this is like a staple of like you know late night fucking TV. I probably even saw it on TBS and USA. Um, it shocked me how racist it was. <laughs> and like you know, and I, I I think we're becoming really heightenedly aware. Uh, I, I, uh, of that, and I, I think it's always been there, but it just hasn't been in, in the conscience as as how it is now. So I think that was very shocking. But I don't think that I don't think we should erase it. I don't I don't think that you know should you should shun this movie for having it. I think it's a product of its time, and I think that all the performances are really great, and it's it's a really fun movie. And uh, yeah, it's a good one. Good camera stuff. I agree. I, you know, uh, speaking about like shunning movies, I really enjoyed how Warner Brothers handled Gone with the Wind. You know, they're like, "Hey, look, you know what? We're we're gonna take it off HBO Max just for a second, and then we're gonna put it back up like it is right now, and it's just gonna have a nice introduction, and we're gonna give you a little bit of history. We're gonna give you a little bit of context for what you're about ready to see because it was a movie that was made in the 30s that is about something that happened in a different century. So totally." I love that. I love how they handled that. I thought it was perfect. I agree, and that—that's. I think that's the way it should be because there's a lot of like networks that are editing. They're editing their shows now. The Office just edited one of their episodes uh, from season nine, where actually the whole point of it was that Dwight did a blackface thing uh, for uh, for some reason, and they made fun of him and told him it was a bad idea and all that. So they, they they were pointing out that it was a bad idea. So they actually edited that scene out of that episode. Uh, but here's the deal. So now Eddie Murphy did a white guy in Coming to America. And it's actually one of the most memorable fucking scenes in that movie. And I think it's hilarious. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I don't want to. So, so I, now, now are, are we supposed to go? Are we supposed to go cut that out of that movie? I mean, like you know, or, or it, no. is that as bad as as black? No, but it doesn't. Why is no one talking about here's that? Here's the thing: because it doesn't need contextualizing. Because his execution was funny. Uh, at the core of it, and um, where, where, what was, where did the comedy derive from? In him wearing the black, uh, the, the the white, white face. He, he was doing, he was doing a, the, a Jewish stereotype. If you could, if you, if you, if you want to pull it down just to the the way someone would say that it was negative, he is he's doing a stereotypical Jewish old man. He is making fun of Jewish old people. Yeah. That's that's how people could get mad about it. So, but it doesn't matter because it's it's fucking funny because it's comedy. I think uh, these sort of things all boil down to execution and contextualizing. Uh, we can't take any we can't take something off the table. Either it's all to be made fun of or none of it is right. Exactly, and then only and then the exact opposite. You have Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder, and that is fucking hilarious. Oh, perfect execution! I don't break character until the DVD commentary. I mean, that fucking. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up uh, Tropic Thunder. Just real quick side note: the producer of this film, Joel uh, Silver, that's who uh, the producer that Tom Cruise is spoofing and like parody. Uh, <laughs> anyway, continue. That's awesome. No, I'm just saying. So, but n- no one's attacking him for that blackface. 
So it, it's interesting. It's interesting that for some people you can you can try to do a joke and and, and it's okay and 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 on both sides. So it's just really weird how you know. And and I watched the Jimmy Kimmel thing, and yeah, it, it's I don't know that that person that he's that he's trying to imitate, and the people that do know that person and the way that person talks, it's it's apparently a, a pretty funny and, and and like spot on impersonation. But from a outside, I look at it and it seems like you're making fun of somebody like they're stupid. And then so when that comes off as stupid, then I get the outrage on that in hindsight of the not seeing it in its time, not seeing it you know as a relevant piece of uh, you know. If you were watching TV at that time, I guarantee you you would know. The joke, you would get the joke a little bit better. Yes, but but I still don't. But, uh, I, I still think we, we should we should wipe that away. Like like if that's something that happened. Yeah, we probably shouldn't do that anymore. You know, but you just got to see it as a product of its time at that moment. Yes, but uh, nothing yeah. exists in a vacuum as such. I Not mean, anymore. well, nothing ever did. I don't think. I, I no, but now if, we have. If, if you made art and you put it out for mass consumption, right, and it. It was put out, especially by a studio, right? That's what we're all. That's what everything that we're talking about right now was, right? And it's been right. put out by a corporation. It's been vetted by all that stuff, and they put it out and they give their stamp of approval on it. That should not be erased from history. I'm sorry, Tina, Tina Fey, that you felt really bad about some episodes of Thirty Rock, but when you're sitting there erasing those episodes, all that I feel from you doing that is like. You just feel guilty for what you did, and instead of owning up to it and saying, like, look, no, this is what's wrong about this, and maybe I'll put a disclaimer in the front, or maybe I won't, maybe I'll talk about it. Instead, what you want to do is just erase it and act like it didn't fucking happen. And I think that's more dangerous than just showing it for what it is and us talking about it. Erasing art and destroying art is the stupidest fucking thing, and I fucking hate it, and I always will disagree with it. If you make art, it serves a time and a place, and it said something to somebody. Like, yes, I don't agree with Triumph of the Will, but you know what? If we didn't have Triumph of the Will, all these fucking liberals wouldn't be able to, to put that side by side with clips of Donald Trump. Mm, you know what true. I mean? Like, you can't erase that crap. So, like, it doesn't yeah, I, matter what side you're coming from. I don't think, you know, uh, is like, she trying to erase that it ever happened? Is that, is that her end goal? They, they, they're pulling those episodes and future, like, versions of if you were to go buy the season, it will not be there. It's gone. It's just like, like, gone. Just like these off, these office episodes and stuff like that. People, it, it's revisionist history. Okay, yeah, but here, you, here's, think, okay, here's the thing. You, uh, how how relevant is how relevant is Thirty Rock to the discussion of race? If it, it's not, it's not, it's not. But, but, but exactly, that's the beginning. So she wants but to call the, this. That's out. the beginning of it. The slippery slope of, of, argument. Revisionist. Slippery slope yeah. argument. Yeah, but still, you yeah, can sit there and say slippery slope argue you want because it's actually a true thing. It is the beginning of things like, you know, you should just fucking move on. But yeah, we fucked up. Let's learn from it. Don't do not do it yeah, again. Yeah, but then there's also like, this is my product and I don't like it anymore and it's mine and I want to change it. And I'm sorry, you, you put it out there and you made money off of it and you got paid for it. It's no longer yours. It's mine. What about these? Once art punks? is out into the world, you don't have control of it anymore. It's, it's no longer your art. It's the consumer art. That's, that's everybody that makes stuff, right? We, we can't control how people perceive what we make. You know, that's just that's, – that's the relationship between the artist and the audience. You, you and if you're going to say that it, 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 one of your main rights is the freedom of uh, you know, speech and however you want to say something, you should have the right to be able to say whatever you want. I oh, you, I, as well. no, you, you still have the right, but and, and like you, you do pay for art. what you say. <laughs> oh, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you, you say something you just stupid. Accept, I have the right to flip you off. Those. 
Yeah, except those consequences. <laughs> yeah. Don't say stupid shit. But also to, like, forgive and we all can change, you know? Oh, of course. Yeah, and then no, no one's complaining about, like, the white chicks thing. Because you know what? They're playing characters and it's fucking goofy. It just, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. That's the point of it. It's a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Don't if erase you can see it. If you can see it as a joke, then it's a, it's a joke. The, uh, the blackface thing, it, I think it, it, it is so taboo because it specifically harkens back to the, the minstrel show type thing. There's like a specific context yeah. to, and, and the reverse, there's nothing else other than I'm doing this in opposition to the existence of blackface or it, it's, it's about a character like the blackface thing is about Al Jolson minstrel show kind of thing. And that's, that's where people get it. But that has it. a specific look. It so does. That, that, it does. The know, large so that's what I'm saying. So I, I think there's a difference. Right. There's a difference between that and then someone trying to do a realistic. Yeah, like the Eddie Murphy know, one. Tone. Uh, yeah. What about his sketch from back in the day when he living life as a white man? No, no, that was Richard. Oh, Pryor. oh I forgot. Uh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Like, I, I don't know who did it, but I, I have a vague memory of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hilarious. I don't, I don't see a problem with any of that. No, that, but but they're, but they're deriving the whole uh, the whole expression of it is deriving from a character based comedy thing. Right. Fish out of water, seeing things from the other side for the first time. Like that's, but but putting on blackface and just saying I'm a black guy. Like, there's nothing to it. If if you could wear blackface and and, and and express it in a way that comes from like a, a character place or something, you could totally get away with it. Robert Downey Jr. Jr. did. Uh, look, I I don't think blackface should ever exist. But if you did it, I don't think you should get the fucking pass to erase it. Right. You know, it's like if you did it, fucking have some balls and say you're sorry and let it exist and don't try to erase your crimes. For future generations no. that are not going to know what happened because they weren't alive when it aired originally, that's bullshit. It is. I, I, I hashtag to agree hashtag with that. church hashtag preach Word. hashtag truth. <laughs> no, not hashtag church or <laughs> preach. No, it's just like, you know whatever. You, 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 you. Um, Jimmy Kimmel did this blackface thing. He even played Oprah. He did an Oprah one. Okay, he's completely it, all right. So uh, it wasn't just him. So bad. There's producers. There's all there's all the people that released it. So if you're going to cancel that dude, then actually everybody who signed off yes. on it, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I mean, like, come on, man. Right. The best thing to do is yeah, to like, say yeah. we're sorry. Yeah. Move on. We get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, like we fucked up. Yeah. People are allowed to change. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And also, that's what a these big riots thing. are about. We're changing. Things. Anybody, anybody who's listened to this podcast, hopefully you're you're at least twenty ish, <laughs> twenty five years old. Are you the same person you were 20 years ago? When you look back at 20 years, if you talk to yourself then, you are nothing like that person. I guarantee well, it. And so if, if you not, have the aptitude to change. Didn't grow. Oh, and if you're not, then yeah, right. yeah you're, you're the problem. Uh, <laughs> Dude, everybody, like, you know, everyone, you look back 20 years, they're like, oh, man. Make it the, I was just, a douchebag. Just, just in close look, to look, 30, a, you were like, yeah, I, I was a teenage asshole. Yeah. I'm a douchebag right now. I was a teenager. I'm a douchebag right now. I was a real douchebag back then. <laughs> like I'm just now. I'm just a douchebag with experience. So <laughs> I'm just sharpening my fucking knife. That's all. I don't even know how many people would say that about me. Oh man. 
That's legit. Oh, man. <laughs> Too funny. Personally, it's hot uh, there. Uh, Brian, I-, I want you to leave this entire last 30 minutes in because I know we went off on a really interesting way. Uh, but I-, I, think it's, I think it's poignant. I know. I think it's important. It needs to be said. Yeah. We need to talk about it. You know, <laughs> Look, we don't always get things right, but conversation's important, we and that's never, how you learn. We never get heavy on this podcast, but like sometimes like when, when shit gets there, we feel like we need to talk about it. Yeah, why not? Because uh, like, I d- I'm not into revisionist history. I don't, I, you know, I agree with pulling down statues because that's like an oppression. Yeah, that 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 that's like that's like something that's like leaning on you. It's kind of like if, like if, if there's a hate symbol that's there, even though you know it may not be to some people, but it definitely is to most. Then yeah, that's not fucking right. That's not equality. Well, so yeah, that makes sense to come thing. down it, the, about the statues. Uh, most of them were built way after the war, and they were built in response to people like voting rights civil rights coming into play they built the statues as a reminder hey wasn't that long ago boys you know that's that's what some of those statues were and even if you pull those down put them in a museum don't destroy them yeah contextualize them inside a museum like you yeah that makes that makes more sense you shouldn't i don't know guys we need that metal you know like (laughs) <laughs> that's also in there in it's a museum. also look, 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 it's it's also you know they, they they should probably make a museum about the fucking you know uh, the, it's it's the second civil rights movement basically the time where, where, of an awakening you know what yeah. i mean so you take all these things and you put them in the which they might that all the ones that are trashed and graffitied they may up may end up in a museum oh, where you be. go through and you can ex- and you can experience you know uh just like if you go to the civil rights museum here in memphis you could experience that time they they make you feel Jared, make that, you feel that's like a, a good idea there. dude look man i, yeah. I have i have moments, dude, that's, I have that's, moments that's, of, yeah uh, that's a great idea start <laughs> yeah we're gonna get a truck we're gonna go pick on <laughs> pick up statue rubble sit on it for 20 years yeah, so there you go. There, there's our next million dollar like uh, nonprofit organization. Yeah, shit. Yeah, you, man, dude, you should pass that on to somebody. <laughs> that that is a uh, yeah. I just I just put it on a podcast, bro. Somebody's gonna run with it. All right, okay, yeah, all right, too sure. Just just on the bottom of the uh, the bottom uh, like uh, of all the brochures for the museum it has to say hashtag movie crew podcast. All right, so if you're driving right now, don't walk into <laughs> Waffle House and forget that idea. <laughs> Call now. The podcast will always be here. I know when you go back and you re-listen every year, uh, you, you'll you'll remember it. Five years later, so we'll be like, "Oh yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> shit, 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 shit. You want to go next? Uh, you gonna go last? Holy shit! That was just mine. That was wasn't just it? yours. Yeah, it was just you. That was just wow. Yours. I'll go. I'll go. What's the next thirty-minute conversation? <laughs> No, uh, a lot of my review uh, we we just covered, uh, and I would give Forty Eight Hours six point five out of ten. Out of ten, there was when when it was hitting, it was really hitting, and this is what what used to be called a film. It was a movie. It had things in it. Things happened. Things were connected, and, and some of the things were pretty, but the things that did not age well really took me out of it. Uh, just most of the stuff we just talked about. There's a lot of it that uh, just didn't age well, especially the cop stuff in these last few weeks. Uh, really took me out of it, and it really made me uh, recontextualize it in a different way. Putting all that aside, if you just look at it as the movie it is, um, this was my first time watching it, by the way. This was the movie that I watched, I saw the cover for a million times in Blockbuster. So many times so that I, <laughs> at, at, at some point I just said, have I seen 48 Hours? Yeah, I've seen 48 Hours. You know, I must have. I've seen the cover so many times. This was my first time. 
So uh, I had no nostalgia to fall back on either. My experience of it was really weighted heavily about uh, by the political sphere that I'm, I'm in right now. And it, a lot of it didn't sit well with me. But the film parts of it definitely earned all of the 6.5s. Oh, uh, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't know where I'm going to come in on this. Um, I don't know. Let me, let me talk this through here. Uh, there's, there's, we'll a lot of, there's a lot of things I like, right? <laughs> there, there's a bunch of great, great moments in this movie, but I, I, I do feel like there's a lot of things that don't work in the movie. I, I think the plot overall is kind of stupid. Like, <laughs> like everybody that Eddie Murphy is like pointing Nick Nolte's character to are fucking known associates. The cops are so stupid they can't. Like, man, I'm not. I'm talking like you know this was made in '82. But man, fuck, I was watching movies that were fucking made in the '40s and they have fucking known associate rap sheets. Like what? What the fuck are we talking? It's just it's just kind of stupid. But <laughs> man, it, it does have a lot of style. I really like um, the cinematography. I think Rush Hour stole a lot in terms of the I neon uh, lights and Dude, that neon uh-huh. scene. That neon scene at the end. Is fucking sex, bro. I'm telling it you, it looks super great. It is amazing. They put their money in that shit. It's the set, the, the design of all that, like all the angles and everything. Nick Nolte looks like a fucking sex god at the end. Like, man, dude, seriously. Ooh, continue, Brian. <laughs> no, I, I, I do think Brett Radner like really pulled on from 48 Hours a lot more than he'd like to admit, just because Jackie Chan was in the fucking movie. You know, um, yeah. And the only reason I think Rush Hour probably looks a little bit better is just because of the newer film stocks at the time. Yeah, Rush Hour looks sexy, too. Yeah, no, it looks great, man. I mean, that, that cinematography is amazing. And you go back and you look at this 82, those neon signs with that smoke, it looks great yeah. here. You know, it's and amazing. also Ridley Scott's uh, Black Rain, which is another one of those neon light um, um, Hong Kong Japanese. Well, that one's Japan, but same feel. Um, yeah. Same time period. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things I like. I like the bad guys. I really like the acting. I really wish Eddie Murphy was in the movie more. Oh, um, it's weird. Yeah. He's not in the film enough. Um, you know, one thing we didn't talk about when you get to the sequel, he's in the movie a lot more, but then the film just got really worse. You know, like uh, Byron James is kind of like the uh, the partner that's in with Nick, Nick Nolte. They're not, uh, well, I guess they're not really partners. They're like desk mates. What are they? I don't ever give a partner. <laughs> yeah, partners. what are they? They are guys that know each other. Buddies? Yeah. Well, he's 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 got like a team, you know. So like you know he you know you know how in the modern like uh, shows you got to call somebody and be like, hey, can you look this shit up for me? You know, you got to have that guy. He's but that he, fucking guy. He always works alone though. Yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of weird. No, 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 no. I go out alone. I gotta lean on you, but like well, I, I'm really alone. But <laughs> you're there, you know. Anyway, Byron James, his character <laughs> ends up being the Iceman, the main villain for the sequel. Iceman. That's a name right there. Fucking Iceman. Whatever. They took that from Top Gun. I know, but it works cool. It's like, yeah. The guy Man. that uh, cut, one of the editors from this film also cut Top Gun, too. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. He's like, you guys still looking for a name? I got this name. <laughs> I got this I'll name. I'll sell it to you for $25,000. I don't know. I didn't like another 48 hours. This movie, uh, 48 hours, I don't know. Uh, Come on, Brian. Uh, I guess I'll give it a seven, mate, because it is fucking enjoyable. It's just, I just wish it was, I wish it was more fun. It's not Beverly Hills Cop. No, I change it. You can't weigh it on the other movies. All right. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) But 
We've already made this. Room. All right, yeah. It, it's just not Beverly Hills Cop, bro. I know can what. I, can I get an eight? <sighs> no, I'm gonna keep it seven. I was okay. gonna go lower. All actually, right. all right. No, 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 no. Oh, seven's fine. Don't yeah, worry. it's a, it's a lack of Eddie Murphy that really. I agree 100. Bro, it's the Eddie Murphy intro, bro. You can't like he can't cover up the whole movie. We can't even show him for the first thirty minutes. You know, <laughs> I wish he was in the movie as much as Chris Tucker was in the Russian. He's hour. already upstaging Nick Nolte as it is. This he, is he, Nick, Nick Nolte's film, though. You know, yeah. probably that. You know, you, you you know that scene where you were talking about how we never got to see the end of his chase. The, uh, when they watched it, they probably did the thing where Nick Nolte's like, "There's too much Eddie Murphy. <laughs> you got to cut him out. He's too good. You got you, you to cut him down." And they're like, "Well, it doesn't really make sense if we're not going to see the rest of this." Like, you know, he's like, "Fuck it." Either you fucking cut him down, or I'm fucking walking and I'm going to slam this fucking movie. And they're like, all right, cool. And they fucking cut him out. You know, Nick Nolte did get paid more, <laughs> and he got top billing for this first film. For, for the sequel, Eddie Murphy got top billing. Oh, did he? And Eddie Murphy got paid uh, $4 million more than Nick Nolte. Wow. Yeah. In your face! How things change in less than 10 years. Uh, hey, man. $4 million is a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, right? And on that note, You've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. If you guys want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's the movie crew. Crew spelled C-R-E-W-E. That's right. Extra E at the end of the word crew at gmail.com. You guys can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Movie Crew Pod. Guys, give us a rating, review, wherever you listen to us. And Jared, where can the audience follow you, good man? You can find me on Instagram at CheckTheGate, on Twitter at Jared B. Callen, and my other fine podcast, Torah Stories, on Apple Podcasts. And Justin Telly, where can the audience follow you? Oh, if you want to listen to anything that I might have to say, Twitter's the only spot that it might happen. Uh, at Gary J. Talley, T-A-L-L-E-Y. And the Shut Up and Listen podcast on iTunes. No, don't, no, don't listen to it. It's so bad. No, it gets better. Better. Uh, what, what are we closing out the show with here? Are we, are we doing the boys uh, are back in town? Or are we doing some of James Horner score? What are, you, what, what are we feeling here? I think you should open the podcast with the boys are back in town and then do score here. Mm. Ooh. All right. Because so, cause, cause, cause you, you'll only use a little bit of that at the beginning, but I'll enjoy listening to the score when I listen back to the podcast because you'll at least play that as a whole piece. All right. Okay. So I See, see I, I reasoned with you on that. <laughs> I, I, no, it, it was good. So we're going to be closing out the show tonight with the main title, track number one from 48 Hours Soundtrack. This is from composer James Horner. Enjoy.
Nice. Or 48. Her. Hers. Hers. Uh-huh. 48. Hers. <laughs> this is the most difficult movie to find on uh, Apple TV. If you type in 48 hours, or you, if you pull up your notes, because the cool thing about an Apple TV is, Brian, is that you get to talk to it. You say, 48 hours. And it brings up some, it brings up some fucking TV show, and it doesn't bring some up Some fucking TV hours. show? What do you mean, one of the best oh, TV shows ever made? I've never seen that. I don't know what it is. It's not the movie that we were no, talking I rented about. it on <laughs> That's all I YouTube. <laughs> and when I rented it, they told me that I had 48 hours to watch. This video, 48 hours. (laughs) I had the same problem. Oh, yeah, that's right. They do give you two days to watch them. Oh, man. Wow. Hmm. Anyways, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt, Brian. You start the podcast. Oh, no, no. Uh, Anytime. (laughs) 